You're listening to a podcast of Hillside Community Church in Rancho Cucamonga, California. To learn more about our church, please visit hillsiderancho.com. I love the anticipation and the expectation that this season brings, that this evening brings. And, and I remember even back as a child when, when I would just be so excited on Christmas Eve about all that the next morning would, would have in store. And uh, I'd wake my parents up at 4.30, get up, it's time, can you believe it? Uh, even just a few years ago when our children were a little bit younger and, and they would come and wake us up and we would kick them out, please leave me alone. Uh, kids, if, are there any kids here? Yes? Okay, perfect. So I have a, a few little recommendations to help you brave this night, make it through to morning. Before you leave, run out to the little cafe area there. You, you may not know what it is, but ask for an Americano. <laughs> ask for an Americano, wait three more hours, and then drink that, eat a lot of chocolate, and then that'll just solve all of your parents' problems for the evening. Okay, kids, listen, look at me. Just joking. You can't say that guy at church told me to do this. Just joking. Uh, but, but really, the, the anticipation of, of this evening, and I love that the video captures that idea, that yeah, it's fun to, to, to think about Santa and gifts and those kind of things, but, but there's a reason that we're gathered here that's beyond that, that's deeper than that, that's, that's more fulfilling than that. The anticipation of Mary, of Joseph, of, of even us today, that a Savior has come. You see, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born, there was a prophet named Isaiah. And Isaiah was, was prophesying, predicting things that would happen way out in the future. And in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, he says this. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign, and the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You see, there's three words this season that make all the difference in the world. Three words that change everything. And they're not ho, ho, ho. They're not more fruitcake, please. That's just gross. They're not even I love you. It's bigger than that. This word, this name, Emmanuel, that is given to Jesus, it means, very simply, God with us. And those three words make all of the difference. This season, the reason that we're here is because Emmanuel has came. God is with us. Let's just take those three words. Let's break them down just for a few minutes. Uh, first of all, God. Listen, not just another baby, not just a cute little baby in a manger that was born a long time ago that, that grew up to be a man who taught a few things. God became flesh. As the video said, holy God became holy Man, God became a little baby. God took initiative and reached out to us to draw us near. God is here. God came for us. Years ago when my children were smaller, I would come home from work and, and one or two of them would come running, greeting me at the door. Daddy's home. Now they're older and they're like, hey. But I have a furry golden doodle named Patrick who's always happy to see me and always welcomes me home. And if Patrick could talk, I believe with all of my heart, he would be screaming out in English, Daddy's home! He's here! And with that anticipation and that welcome, you have this story of the angels announcing, He's here! He's come! It's time! 
There's a new beginning taking form. In Luke chapter 1, you can see that these angels make the announcement to Mary. And here's what they say to her. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Jesus. Not just cute little baby boy, not... I can't even think of a name. Fred. (laughs) Jesus, because Jesus means salvation. Salvation. A savior has been born. Not just any baby. God with us. God with us. The angel announces to the shepherds in the next chapter, Luke chapter 2. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The Lord. Again, not just any baby. The Lord, Savior, Messiah, God has come for you. The angels in Matthew chapter 1, they announced to Joseph this good news. And they say, she, Mary, will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That God has come. God has come to save us. God has come to deliver us. In his book, Unfinished Business, Charles Sale said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need would have been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. You see, there's a lot of kids in here. And, and, and kids, can you remember when you were 18 months old? You're like, nope. Mom and dad can. But mom and dad, do you remember teaching your little 18-month-old, 24-month-old how to say no? How to say mine? No, they get that well on their own, right? The, the Bible tells us that, that we're all born with this propensity to, 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 to be selfish, to have this nature of sin, And so God saw that we on our own couldn't get to him. So he came to us. God took on human form. God took initiative and sent Jesus, our Savior. See, there's a a need in every one of us that Santa can't help. There's, There's a hole in us that no wish list item could ever fulfill. So God came to meet those needs, to rescue us. God, secondly, with. With. This, this idea that, that Emmanuel is a declaration, not just that God is watching, not just that God sees, but that God is with us. God is with us. Some of you may think that, that, that God is with us, but he's way, 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 way off in the distance, but it's not that he's with us close. Some, some of you may think, I don't think God is with me. I don't think God is for me. I, I, I actually think God is against me because maybe you've done some things maybe there's some some secrets there's some things you're ashamed of there's some guilt that you wrestle with and and you just you can't wrap your head around God is for you God is with you because you you just feel like God is against you I, I remember many Christmases ago when I when I felt like I had made the worst mistake ever I felt like it was over. I felt like, how, how did I do this? And, and, and it was so bad. I was seven years old. 
seven years old, and my sister and I were playing in the living room, I think on Christmas Eve, and, and I decide it's, it's time to give her a piggyback ride. And so, I mean, it made perfect sense at the time. I told her, stand up on the piano bench. And so about the same time, my mother uh, had been, um, we had an old pot belly stove kind of thing, and you could put a, a thing of water and boil water. About the same time, my mother was coming into the living room to grab that boiling hot water off of the stove. My sister jumps on my shoulder. I lose my balance. I start falling, crash into my mom, and scolding hot water goes all down my sister's leg. And she is going crazy, and, and, and they're taking her off to, to try to figure out what's going on and how to treat her. I'm running for my dear life up to my top bunk, under the covers, under the pillows, hiding out. Life's over. I blew it. I'm in trouble. So they take care of her and, and try to get her situated a little bit. And, and then a little bit later, I hear them coming for me. And I think, oh, no, it's over. It's been a good seven years, but it's over. <laughs> And they're coming for me. And, and, and I just remember, I, I, I thought I was in so much trouble. And I remember crying and I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I just remember my parents surprising me with their grace. It's okay. We love you. We're, we're here. It's okay. Just, just calm down. And I remember being surprised by their grace, surprised by the fact that they said, it's okay. We love you. We're here. We're with you. And Jesus is God's way of saying in your circumstance, in your situations, in your pain, in your heartbreak, in your failures. I'm not running away to you. I'm running to you to rescue, to help, to reach out to you. Because I love you, God. God is with us. Emmanuel is the declaration. But the truth is, God has always been with his people in Scripture. I mean, you can go to the very beginning of the book in and, and Exodus chapter 3. There's this guy, Moses, and Moses is going through a desert. And, and as he's going through the desert, there's this bush. And kids, if you've read the story, it's crazy. The bush is on fire, but it doesn't burn up. Then it gets even crazier. The bush talks. And then it gets even weirder. Moses responds to the talking bush. And God speaks out of the bush and he says, Moses, I've seen my people in the hard times that they're in. And Moses... I want you to go and lead them to freedom. And remember Moses' response? He said, who am I? I'm not talented. I have no ability. What am I going to do? So God says, I will be with you. I'll be with you. A couple books later, there's Joshua. And Joshua is, is being given this assignment, this mission, a purpose in life. And, and he's being sent out. And, and God says, I want you to go. And guess what? Joshua is afraid Joshua is discouraged. He's stressed out. It's beyond his ability. And so he's, he's just stressed and worried and afraid. And God comes to him and says, Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I will be with you all the way. I will be with you. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is giving what's called the Great Commission to his disciples. He's sending them out and he's saying, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to teach all people. And then he ends it by saying, and remember this, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. It's the promise of God throughout scripture that God wants to be with his people. And it reaches a new beginning here in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But even that's not the end of the story. It gets even better. You turn to the end of the book to Revelation chapter 21. And there's this promise of for eternity, God will be with his people. Revelation 21, the Bible says this. 
I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That there's coming a day when finally, fully, completely God will be with his people. Every injustice will be justified. Every wrong will be made right. There will be no more pain or mourning or Tears, crying, pain, all of that is gone. God will be with his people fully. He's always been with his people. He always will be with his people. Corey Ten Boone was this little girl when the Holocaust began to break out and her family began to hide Jewish people from the Nazi soldiers in their home. Eventually they were caught and she was thrown into a concentration camp Later on in life, she wrote a book called Each New Day. And she talked about just the, the, the pain of that concentration camp, the, the things that they had to endure and go through. And she talked about how she just got to one point where she was so just overwhelmed, she couldn't even sleep. And she said, she remembered back to when she was a little girl and her dad, this hulk of a man, would come to her and tuck her in bed at night and pray with her. And he would always put his gigantic hand on her face just to say I love you sleep well I'm with you and so in the midst of this concentration camp she said I just had to begin to visualize God reminding me I'm with you I'm here with you whatever's going on I'm with you And she said, finally, I began to find peace. I began to be able to rest when I remembered God was with me. So God with us. Who's who's the us that's being referred to here? I mean, is it that God plays favorites and sends Jesus for some? Or God has picked a team and only a few? Or is it maybe what John 3.16 says? For God so loved the world. The entire world. Everybody. God loves everyone. That he gave his one and only son. He gave Jesus for us. That, here's the word, whoever. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So kids, I I did this thing. I, I started studying that word whoever. I got out some dictionaries and I looked up whoever. And here's what I found out. Whoever means, get this, whoever. Wow, whoever means whoever. It means whoever. It means each and every person, anyone, everyone who believes in Jesus. He gives life. He gives forgiveness. He gives grace. This idea that God is with us. He's with us. And he sent his son to rescue us, to help us. And whoever believes in him has life. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. There's this picture in the Sistine Chapel that Michelangelo had painted. And on the the ceiling, there's one section where he, he paints this scene, the creation of Adam. 
And in the creation of Adam, there's this unbelievable portrait of God uh, sort of twisting his body and, and extending himself to reach out to Adam as Michelangelo is painting this and depicting this. And, he's, and his arm is extended as far as it can go. His, his finger is outstretched as far as it can go. God is grasping. And it's, it's as if Michelangelo was trying to, to give us this sense that God's great desire is to close the gap between himself and man. That he can't wait and he comes within inches. And, and God's determined to reach out, determined to be with each and every person he's created. God is fully extended reaching out. And then there's Adam. Adam is sort of leaning back like he's in a lazy boy recliner. His arm is a little bit out, his fingers barely like this. Lazily waiting, almost indifferent to God's advances. It's almost like Michelangelo was saying, listen, it's not that people loved God, it's that God loved people. It's not that we seek God, it's that God has sought us. And remembering that is, is what gives this season meaning. It's, it's not about how much do I love God. The, the real story of Christmas is how much God loves you. That God is crazy about you. That God couldn't love you anymore. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you've not done. God is crazy in love with you. So much so he sent his son. His one and only son. As a way of saying I love you. I'm here for you. Will you believe? Will you trust in Jesus? And so we have a decision to make. We can be like Adam. I mean, we can sort of just lean back and be half interested. Or we can reach out in return. That's what scripture says. It means to believe. That we can believe that that we're going to try to make life on our own and we're going to accomplish what we can do. Or we can believe that Christ has already come and made a way for us that Christ is God's plan A salvation, forgiveness, grace life, hope, peace That's, it comes through Jesus we can say I, I've got a tough thing going on in life maybe it's a marriage, it's, it's just tough and we can say we're going to try to work through this or you can say God's with us and we're going to turn to him for reconciliation you could maybe be struggling with a bad habit, an addiction. You could be struggling with something that's secret. It's in the closet and, and, and you've been suffering alone. And you could say, well, I'm just going to suffer alone. Or you could say, well, wait a minute. Maybe just maybe God is with me here. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're discouraged. You can try to face the fear on your own. You can try to fight through discouragement on your own. Or maybe remember like Moses, like Joshua, these words, I am with you all the way. Scripture says that if if we're going to follow, if we're going to believe, that, that we have to believe in our heart, that Jesus is who Scripture says he is. We confess with our mouth, we say, Jesus, you're Lord. Jesus, I need you to take over my life. Jesus, I want you to be my Savior because I can't save myself. And scripture says we have to repent. And that that word means I'm walking in this direction in life. And repentance is I do a 180 and I turn. Maybe I'm trying to do things my own way, trying to make it on my own when I realize I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. And I turn. I say, God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. And that God hears that prayer 
And when we receive Jesus, when we believe, we are given grace, we are given forgiveness. And, and like the grace that I received from my parents, it was surprising, I didn't deserve it. How much more? The grace of God, I don't deserve. It's not that I earned it, it's God is gracious. And so I celebrate presence tomorrow celebrate with family tomorrow but but more than anything my my wish list for you would be remember this remember God with us he's come he's come to help he's come to save he's come to rescue us we don't have to go through life alone in fact we were never created for that we can turn to Jesus and we can find hope joy peace Would you close your eyes? Would you pray with me for just a moment? God, I pray for every boy and girl here and every man and woman here that that we would hear these words of Scripture, that we would hear these truths and that we would remember, or, or at least maybe for the first time, that it would be made known to us what Christmas is really about. And we've gathered here tonight and the ultimate celebration is not what's going to happen in the morning. It's what has already happened a couple of thousand years ago. Emmanuel, God with us, has come. That makes all the difference. That changes everything. I believe there's some in this room tonight that that would need to pray a prayer and there's no magical prayer there's no exact words that you need to say but but maybe you would pray something like this and you can just repeat these words not out loud but in your heart in your head you can repeat these words God I I need you God help me God tonight I believe you sent Jesus for us and God I just ask you forgive me I'm sorry help me I believe Jesus died for me and I believe that through his resurrection you brought him back to life so that I can live I want to live that life have your way in me. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And the scripture says that if you pray a prayer, something like that, if you believe in your heart, if you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Savior, Jesus is the one you need, that God hears that prayer and everything changes. Hope and joy and peace are yours in Jesus. But, but then what? It doesn't stop there. The the reality is God changes us. God transforms us. And the evidence that our prayer was sincere is we begin to be people of peace, people of love, people of joy. We begin to discover God is with us and others begin to discover through our lives God is with us and we begin to see him in our attitudes and in our actions. And so my hope and our prayer would be that you leave this place carrying the the name of Jesus with you, being examples of him, boys and girls who carry his joy, his peace, his love, men and women who carry his hope into this world. It doesn't stay here. It overflows. Amen? Amen. God bless you all and Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this message from Hillside Community Church. 
For additional resources, please visit hillsiderancho.com. We also invite you to stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter. Simply search for Hillside Rancho, all one word. Thank you.